Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. There are many things that we will not have an official authoritative confirmation of during this lifetime. That's for sure. Even if we have a good understanding of what really took place, as referenced in the previous program with regard to extremely high-profile assassinations. There is such a thing as lower-profile ones, but extremely high-profile historic assassinations of presidents and presidential candidates and such. And in this case, of the mass murder at Mandalay Bay Casino Resort in Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, we will get an official, supposedly authoritative pronouncement regarding it, just as we did with the Warren Commission concerning the John Fitzgerald Kennedy assassination. And the Warren Commission included such stalwarts as former California Governor Earl Warren, then Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, and future President Gerald Rudolph King Ford, with the loyal opposition and their outstanding service to this nation in attempting to authenticate a complete lie regarding what actually took place. It wasn't just incompetence. It wasn't just carelessness, recklessness, or laziness on their part. It was willful deception and deceit. And dare I say, conspiracy. Conspiracy to deceive the American people regarding what actually took place. Not that that ever happens. Once upon a time, and I think I referenced this before, I considered applying for a position with an organization that I had very, very, very mixed feelings about because even though there were positive things that had been done by or were being done by this organization, there were some extremely harmful things, things that I viewed as extremely harmful to this nation, to Christendom and to this nation being done by this organization. But I considered this because it was in an area in which I believed I could make a contribution for good. But I looked at their application and that was the end of it. Because this Christian, so-called Christian organization supposedly conservative Christian organization, in their application, it prohibited conspiratorial thinking. Which I thought, that is remarkable. Anyway, that was the end of it. They prohibited conspiratorial thinking. 
they required of their, not just their applicants, but their employees, their staff members, that they all just blindly follow the company line, the company line from the organization, the company line from the federal government, from the executive department, judicial department, legislative branch, all of that, that they just believe what they're told. They just drink the Kool-Aid like those poor enslaved fools at Jonestown. So that was the end of it for me. And I've always been that way. I've always been, at least since I believed on the Lord going back to when I was a mere 22 years of age, coming to believe on the Lord, coming to faith in Christ by reading the Bible, not by attending a church, not by being invited to a church or to a Christian concert or to a Billy Graham evangelistic event, but instead reading the Bible of all things. Well, I have always been that way where I have, to use a poor term, shot myself in the foot that I have erred on the side of making a decision or making communications that prevented me from going forward, that uh, kept me from being considered for positions and for opportunities. (laughs) But it's just my makeup. It's just in my conscience, in my heart of hearts, that while I may from time to time err, from time to time I may misunderstand something, may poorly communicate it, that I am prohibited from just going along in order to get along. It's just contrary to my nature, which is remarkable, given other things about my nature, which need not be discussed. So, more important matters. Our nation, the United States of America, is very, 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 late in its history, in terms of its timeline, in terms of its life expectancy. Now, that might seem like a ridiculous statement, given the youth, the comparative youth of the United States of America and of the colonies before that, and of the settlements prior to the colonies. It may seem like a ridiculous statement in terms of reference to great civilizations of the past which have lasted so much longer. But this nation, its implosion, its devolution, its descent into not just mediocrity, no, 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 but corruption 
and embracing of abomination has accelerated to such a point and expanded to such a degree that the future of this nation is very short. The only thing that can prevent the absolute destruction of this nation, the only thing, is massive nationwide reformation, spiritual reformation. It's the only thing. I don't care how many experts say to the contrary. I don't care how many armies of experts insist that the brightest days for this nation are still ahead. No matter what Ronald Reagan said while he was president, no matter what Donald Trump says to the contrary, this nation's brightest days are well behind it. Not just because the so-called greatest generation is dying off and almost past. As I've said before, it is not, in my view, not the greatest generation. And that is not a knock on that generation. Not a knock on my parents' generation, except to say that the truly great people in that greatest generation were not as common as one might be led to believe. They weren't. There were many great ones, but at the same time, goodness, righteousness, godliness, even from comparative unbelievers, was expected. It was the norm. People were expected to behave, to behave honorably, to behave courageously, to behave patriotically. Not because the nation was perfect, not because it was beyond repute, not because it was fair in the sense of life being fair, since when has life ever been fair or equitable? Since when have there not been poor people? The Lord Jesus Christ said that the poor shall always be with you. Always. Poverty is not going to be eliminated while this earth continues. Unfortunately, but that's the truth. And those politicians who have engaged in war by different means, which is the truest, best definition of politics, who have furthered their own ends and their agendas by deceiving the public, putting forth their lies that we will end poverty, we will end it in a generation, we will end it in your lifetimes, and other such lies, myriad lies, have done so not just ignorantly and vainly, but instead deliberately, dishonestly. But here we are in the month of October, recognized as the month of October. So Columbus Day is past, 
And in a number of states in this nation, there is no formal recognition of Columbus Day. Instead, they have substituted various different other so-called holidays, you know, holy days, such as Indigenous Peoples Day or Native Americans Day or what have you. (laughs) Believe it or not, I don't have a big problem with that. (laughs) I don't, Uh, unless you make it a formal federal holiday or state holiday and give federal and state benefits to federal and state employees within the guise of that. But I don't have a problem with the this whole matter of holidays, which are supposed to be holy days, being limited, restricted to Christmas, which is celebration of the birth of Christ, Easter, which is directly akin to the false god, goddess, Ishtar, but name notwithstanding, which is in point of fact for celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But again, there there has been this substitution from heathendom, which overlaps, overlays, and eclipses what is truly to be honored and celebrated. And so instead, we have bunny rabbits and Harvey the rabbit and Easter egg hunts, Easter egg rolls, Easter egg hunts at the White House in the Rose Garden. And that sort of nonsense, which is more than nonsense because it is again designed to away with the truth, the foundation, the Christian foundation of the world and of this nation in particular. But this month of October, lying as it does in the season of autumn or fall, always ends with, builds up to, and has a crescendo of actual celebration, honor, and worship of evil of sadistic, satanic destroyers, otherwise known as Halloween. There's nothing hallowed about honoring, celebrating, glorifying evil. Spiritual evil. And it is very, very, very thinly cloaked. And the Hollywood entertainment industry has run amok with the most monstrous productions of these hideous, satanic movies and such in observance of and celebration of this. I remember here a few years ago a famous and extremely successful movie producer died. If I'm not mistaken, he died, and I was reading about his daughter's death, who had predeceased him, 
following his death. But I might be mistaken on that count. It may have specifically been only with reference to his daughter's death and then speaking chiefly about him because he was so noted, so noteworthy. And I believe he was Lebanese, but I'm not certain about that. He may have been Jordanian-American, Lebanese-American, Egyptian-American. I'm not sure. But among his children, he had a daughter who was, as far as I'm concerned, spectacularly beautiful. And she was murdered while yet a young woman, I believe in her early 30s. I can't remember the specifics of her death, but it seems to me, and when I say murdered, I'm not talking about kidnap, rape, murder, uh, something like that here in the United States of America. I'm speaking of her dying in a terrorist attack, I believe, terrorist bombing over in the Middle East. And it's possible that they both died. So I apologize for being so fuzzy on the details of that. But what was this man so famous and noted for? It was for producing these monstrous, sadistic, horror so-called movies. These bloodlust, vicarious, thrill movies that only serve to incite such evil, hateful, monstrous appetites in individuals. Oh, I know, I know, you know, the old thing about pornography actually was beneficial because it would enable these people to act out their fantasies and therefore they would not then you know, engage in them in society. And these horror flicks, these horrible, monstrous, sadistic slasher and torture, murder, so-called movies, and these snuff films that were of the pornography genre, they all just help diffuse these lusts in various evil individuals. Nothing could be further from the truth. Instead, it only feeds and fuels and incites and inflames their lusts, including in the very young. And you see this with one attempted mass murderer after another, after another, after another, is that they consume this stuff. And one serial murderer after another, after another, after another. And if they serve any time, if you want to call that serving, if they spend any time in lockup, in jail, in prison, what have you, (laughs) juvie, juvenile hall, any of those things, they ingest a great volume of such evil because they are permitted to. Instead of spending their time in prison, in hard labor, as they do over in North Korea, (laughs) political prisoners, religious prisoners over in North Korea and in communist China and in the former Soviet Union and current Russian Federation, places like that. Instead, 
instead of being used to pay back their debt to society by building infrastructure or doing some minor little things, instead of that, they get to spend their time pumping iron, learning the craft of breaking and entering, of kidnap, rape, murder, of drug running, of setting up their own drug businesses and networks, of committing murders and assassinations, and of being courted by Islamists and such as that, as well as reading up on very specific, limited aspects of our current depraved legal system that enables them to appeal and appeal their convictions, to call for that, to require that, and so on and so forth. Well, there is an army, an army of inmates across this nation that have been recruited by Islam. There also is a much, much, much smaller number that have been recruited by neo-Nazi groups. And that, should they be released, you know, receive early release, either through bureaucratic errors, happens time and again, as it did in Washington State, as it has in California, ones that are not slated for release, but that are released because of overcrowding and accidentally released, the most violent offenders and so forth, and then others who deserve no early release, but are released, are turned out because of overcrowding in the prisons, so-called, then they can wage a war of destruction, of maniacal destruction on this nation. There's another way it can happen, too, is they can be broken out. Not by right-wing, so-called, Christian religious militia, but instead, by Islamist terror cells and or a comparative few by some neo-Nazi skinhead biker organization. But then, of course, there are the the cartel members that are arrested and that even with the current president, no matter what evils they have committed, are then slapped on the wrist by being deported from the United States of America. And he feels so celebratory that this is such an enormous stroke of justice, such a coup, that he then crows about it in various different official statements, such as State of the Union message and so forth, about speaking of how terrible these are, these vicious, ruthless, sadistic, monstrously murderous individuals in these cartel groups, cartel networks who've been captured 
And what are we going to do? Are we going to execute them? Oh, heaven forbid. No, we're going to deport them. And then they can come right back to the United States through the revolving door that we have in place, (laughs) that we've had in place for lo these many, many decades. It's, it's, It's great. It makes so much sense. They've committed monstrous, heinous, terroristic crimes. And instead of executing them, we deport them. Why? Because we don't want to trot them through the justice system. Because then, thanks to perverse members of the judicial elite, then they have to be conferred the same rights as citizens, or rights above and beyond the rights of citizens. And these cases can go on for ages and ages. Far better just to deport them and to allow them. So when we deport them, you have to understand, so we arrest them after long-running sting operations, in extremely hazardous investigations in which officers are greatly endangered and not uncommonly murdered, captured, tortured, murdered, so forth. Then we capture. When we are lucky, when we prevail, we capture these monsters. We hold them prisoner. We put them through this bureaucratic process that then permits them to be released back to where they came from. Send them back, back to Mexico, back to Mexico. We will never see them again. They can prey upon the poor Mexican people, and they may well do that for a while, but rest assured they will be back. They will come back. And what do we have in terms of a a three-strike policy? Okay, they've only murdered, maybe this one's only murdered, you know, 100 people here that we know of in the United States of America. So we release them back, send them back to Mexico. Then they come back, they murder a couple hundred more. We send them back again. Then they come back, maybe they only murder 300 this time. Three strikes, nope, not three strikes and you're out. In the, the way that's thought that, oh, then you're, you're kept in prison forever. Three strikes and you're out. You're back to Mexico or back to Nicaragua or Guatemala or Colombia or Venezuela or Cuba or someplace like this. It's just, and this, this passes for justice. Passes for a justice system. Remarkable. But that's just one, one aspect of how perverse this nation has become. How the leaders of this nation cause this nation to, dare I say, sin. And when we refuse, as a nation, as a government, when the government's federal state, municipal, fail to refuse to do judgment and justice, when they refuse to 
protect the citizenry. When they refuse to avenge those who have been destroyed by destroyers. Then the blood cries out without cessation, without diminishment, and the whole nation will be held accountable for the evils committed by the leaders in failing to execute judgment and justice upon the evil destroyers. It's not just with regard to the murderers and destroyers. It's also with regard to the government enabling, empowering, and rewarding the subversion, corruption, and perversion of this nation. Politics, again, is war by other means. There are fancier definitions of it than that which mean the same thing. But keeping it very plain, politics is war by other means or by different means. And those who I have referred to as being of the left, those of the socialist, communist, fascist agenda. Yes, I included fascist because fascism is not right-wing. Fascism is also of socialism. It is socialist. The same as communism. even though it's made out to be right-wing, by our wonderful, wonderful, wonderful major media elites and academicians. Academia has been used greatly to wage war on this nation's culture. The greatest hotbed of communism in this nation is not in some blue-collar workers' unions. Instead, it's in universities, whether they happen to be Ivy League elitist universities or whether they happen to be other noted, noteworthy, prestigious, particularly prestigious, rich, endowed, honored universities, or all the way down to community colleges. Are there exceptions here and there? Yes, but they are here and there. And destructive, corrosive, perverting ideologies have been taught, instructed, championed in mainstream Christian colleges and universities. I know it sounds unbelievable, impossible. Obviously, I must be fabricating that. No, Wheaton University, Wheaton College. But going back now, how far back? Oh, my word. I don't know. Three decades or more has been teaching, promoting evolution, Darwinian evolution, which is a lie out of the pit of hell. But I shouldn't say out of the pit of hell. Um, because 
That's not the best way to describe it. It is a satanic lie. But Wheaton is a mainstream, supposedly conservative Christian college, no, university. But you can find this at not just Christian colleges and Christian universities, but certainly divinity schools, theological seminaries. And it is not to their credit, shall I say. It's in diametric opposition to the one who is supposed to be their Lord and Master and God. But there has been a war raging that's been going on for many decades now. And it's really only when, typically, when the battles are won by the evil against the good, that most people that take note of such things take note of them. They normally don't take note of them until after the fact. As is the case with this latest breakthrough of Boy Scouts of America integrating to include girls. What is the rationale for that? I mean, that might seem like such a tiny, minuscule, itty-bitty little thing. If there were no Girl Scouts of America program, If there were no brownies and no bluebirds, and the list goes on, then perhaps, and I mean perhaps, perhaps, then there could be some people out there who could mistakenly imagine that there would be some rhyme or reason or rationale for including girls in the Boy Scouts of America. But the point of fact is the Girl Scouts of America, (laughs) the whole organization, chain of command, the Girl Scouts of America, the Brownies, the Bluebirds, has been going for Decades and decades and decades. And to then say, well, now we're going to offer opportunities for girls in the Boy Scouts of America. It's not merely wrong-headed and wrong-hearted. At the core It is doing the devil's work. I know that sounds remarkable. It's fine if I was basking in the glow of celebrating Halloween. That would be fine and praiseworthy and honorable and good and all of that. But if instead 
I say something as outrageous as that such and such is doing the devil's work. Oh, my gosh. You clearly are unbalanced and unstable and some kind of nut from wherever. Right. Mm. Okay. Well, it's doing the devil's work because Satan, who is referred to as the devil, is referred to by other names. He has taken upon himself, or it has taken upon itself, many other names, such as Allah. But the evil agenda, which I refer to as being the agenda of the left, the agenda of socialism, the agenda of fascism, the agenda of Lenin and Marx, the agenda of Amschel, Bauer, then Rothschild, and these, the agenda of Hillary Rodham Clinton and Bill Bubba Clinton and myriad others, is one cohesive agenda with ever so many different tenets or tentacles. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. In case you missed the introduction, I apologize for being late in reminding, but whatever you view as good or beneficial or honorable or what have you, useful about this program. You need to give the credit for that to God. Whatever you view is other than that. <laughs> Kindly lay that on me. But this agenda, waging war against the cultural fabric, the core morals and mores, the spiritual foundation, the Christian foundation of this nation, and the Christian values in other Western nations, throughout Western nations and what used to be referred to as Christendom, is not some eclectic hodgepodge, unconnected, disconnected, just kind of coincidentally occurring here, there, and the other place. No, it is one cohesive, concerted, conspiratorial battle plan that goes back to Karl Marx and goes back to Amschel Bauer, who took the name Rothschild or Red Shield. And it includes the luminaries who have lasted so very long and done so very much evil, such as Dr. Henry Kissinger. And the others who have graced that organization, the CFR, such as former President Jimmy Carter, and those who owe so much to the Rhodes and the Nobels, those like Prince Philip, those who have been entrusted with and involved with this agenda for so very long. And it includes many famous 
celebrities in the entertainment industry, in the media, in the major media elites. One anchor who I appreciated, not I did not appreciate his honesty <laughs> or lack thereof. I did not appreciate his views, but I appreciated how he was gifted and how he delivered what he delivered and so forth. Peter Jennings of Canada, who passed away many moons ago now from lung cancer. But Peter Jennings was one of these who moved in those circles. The Bilderbergs, the Council of Rome, and the Council on Foreign Relations, and so forth. These wonderful Movers and shakers, world planners who have one concerted, concentrated, conspiratorial battle plan. Now, does it get tweaked? Yes. Does it ever truly deviate from the same intense as when it was founded? No. It stays on track. The message may change ever so little here, there, and the other place. The public communications are one thing. The private communications are quite another. As we find with the Islamists, with dear old various terrorist Islamist heads and Islamist heads of state. But the core principles, plans, purposes remain consistent and on track, which is more than I can say, as evil as it is, as terrible as it is, is more than I can say for the leadership of the good and godly in this nation and in this world, which is ever in flux, which is more often than not yielding, if not retreating, and very often embracing various elements and purposes of the evil ones. So this little thing about integrating the Boy Scouts of America just as allowing for the sodomite subversion of Boy Scouts of America. It is all being orchestrated to destroy the Boy Scouts of America. And the Boy Scouts of America, how important really is that? The Boy Scouts of wherever, uh, over in Britain. How important is that? Well, it all has to do with bringing up the next generation to be godly. I did say godly. I just, I don't mean simply law-abiding. What about when the laws are corrupt and perverse? Is being law-abiding the ultimate virtue? Is it really? What about back in the day, back in Nazi Germany, 
the youth, the Nazi youth, Hitler's youth, was being law-abiding the ultimate, the ultimate in good citizenship, was it really? Hitler focused on perverting, subverting, corrupting, controlling the youth. He made it a priority. If you examine even the most basic tenets of Marx and Lenin, taking over and subverting and corrupting and controlling the youth is absolutely in the bedstone of the principles. Now, the left, the evil, the world planners and controllers have been using public education forever and a day here in the United States of America. Going back to the war between the states. But it's not just public education. These people who insist on focusing just on public schools, public education, the problems in those, as grave as the problems are, this has been absolutely in the DNA for many moons of the Ivy League universities and the most prestigious institutions in Britain. Prestigious, prestigious. Tomato, tomato. But go back to Arkansas, Little Rock, Arkansas. Hillary Rodham Clinton and Bill, brother Bill, brother Bill, he feels our pain. And their governor's school, where they took the best and the brightest among the young students, and they brought them in. They, they paid them this great honor, and they offered them the most elite educational opportunities. And then they set about. They're programmed to subvert them and corrupt them, to cause them to believe a lie, to see the good as evil and the evil as good. Subjected them to propaganda, indoctrinated them. And this was, what a platform. Can you imagine you're one of the parents back there in Arkansas and your child, your Johnny, your Mary is selected, is given this extraordinary honor and opportunity to be included in the governor's school. What a feather in their cap. What an incredible step up. You're now, now that you join in with this elite group, now your path to the Ivy League schools is virtually assured. It doesn't have to be the Ivy League schools, though. No, it could be University of Chicago. It could be Stanford University. It could be USC. It could be Ohio State University. It could be University of Michigan. Multitudes 
of various different places, including in the Deep South. There are people who imagine, well, no, wait a minute, you know, okay, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Cornell, Dartmouth, Brown, so forth. They, yes, University of Pennsylvania, and maybe we'll throw in some others, Columbia, so forth. Yes, they may be leftist, left-wing, socialist. They may be. But certainly not University of Alabama, University of Texas. Certainly not. Certainly not LSU, Louisiana State University. No way. Right? University of Florida, University of Georgia, absolutely not. University of Oklahoma, no way. Really? Fact of the matter is that even institutions in places that are not readily identifiable by the trappings of the left, nonetheless have been greatly influenced by the left and used to influence future generations to the detriment of this nation. Once upon a time, many years ago, I used to say that if young people were not corrupted in high school, they would be, by the time they left high school, they would be by the time they left college. And that wasn't even including grad school. That's just undergrad. That's no longer the truth. You know, it is still true, but it is far too weak a statement. The truth is now that if young people are not corrupted by the time they leave junior high school or middle school, they will be by the time they leave high school. Is that all young people know? But it is a vast number of them. But it's not just the young people that are being subverted and corrupted and perverted in school and via so-called music, vile, vileness throughout music, but through television programs, popular television programs, network television programs, which have systematically indoctrinated them to embrace all things of the left. To embrace immorality, sexual immorality, as being natural, normal, and so forth. What used to be considered scandalous, promiscuous, precocious, sexual sin is now, that's it's normative behavior. Adultery, normal. Divorce, rampant. Rampant, including in the so-called church. Rampant among ministers, more than 50%. Oh, that, that's not important. <laughs> well, you corrupt... You subvert, you overthrow the ministers and the church. 
And how far do you have to go before you overthrow the nation? Here we should be coming up on celebration of Reformation Day, of Martin Luther's great, prodigious efforts to that effect to reform the Roman Catholic Church, which was, of course, a a losing battle to reform it, but to build something else outside of it to strengthen, to build the true Church of Christ. But no, instead, Halloween shrouds that day, October 31st. Halloween, the worship of evil, casts a pall across the landscape and is the holiday that more money is spent celebrating throughout the public schools than any other. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you. Thank you.